All right, you guys. Hey, my name is Pradeep and one of the pastors here, and I'm so excited. We are continuing our Stay in Love series, and we have learned how to make love a verb, right? It's been very powerful. And uh, we're going to continue, and we believe at Kalos Church that it's not just about the Jivas, it's about Jesus, amen, and that, like, we're pastors, but we're not the only ones God speaks to that as a church, God speaks to all of us. Can I get a good amen? And so we, we don't want this church to be built on the talent of a few people, but the sacrifice, really, the input of many people. And so behind me, we have our five and five speakers that are going to help us close this Stay in Love message series. And I, I believe your relationships, your future relationships are really going to benefit from this. This is our second service. And First service was on fire. It was amazing. And so great job in advance for how you guys have already done. But what I want to do is lay a little bit of the groundwork because it takes a lot of courage to speak. And it takes even more courage to speak for five minutes. We're like, hey, we want you to speak a whole entire sermon in five minutes. They're like, okay, how, ca how come you get 35 minutes? I'm the, well, because I'm on the, one of the pastors. That's why. Get off me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He didn't say that. <laughs> and so, so they're they're gonna cram it in five minutes. Gave them different subjects, and they they're just doing a great job. But what I'm gonna ask for all of us is, as they take courage and fill this place and speak, I wanna ask that we really lean in and engage. Like, if you're taking notes, like just glance at your phone. Otherwise, they're gonna think you're on Snapchat again, you know. And so let's let's like really focus in when they crack a joke. And I might be saying this passive aggressively so that you start treating me this way, but when they crack a joke, for the love, literally, of God, would you please laugh at their jokes? In fact, can we, can we just, like, practice a little bit? So, all right, all right, Ursula cracks the joke, and we... <laughs> Very good. All right, so when they, when they, they share a moving story, we got we to gotta cry. So Phil shares a moving story, and we... Okay, great. All right, when, uh, when someone shares, like, a, a, a really good point, we need, we need to ponder, but sometimes it strikes us, and we're like, mm. Come on. Amen. Mm. All right? So, all right, all right, so Shannon shares a really good point, and we're like, Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. I think we're good. I think, does that make you guys feel good? You feel ready? All right, all right. So, 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 so. <laughs> and so it's going to be great. And so a little bit of the ground rules for them. We've given them five minutes each. And so there's going to be a timer on this uh, screen. And at the last 10 seconds of their time, they're going to hear a ticking time bomb sound effect that goes into an alarm. So here it is. You're going to hear this. This will be the wind down. So this means wrap it up. And then, boom, school's out. All right, all right, all right. Well, all right, let me introduce you to these five amazing people. So right here, we have Ursula. Everyone say hi, Ursula. So Ursula, she is a graphic design genius from Peru, and she's created companies like Craft uh, Mint and Beautiful Word, where she takes scriptures and she uses them as visual art. You can frame them, put them up in your house. Just amazing. So happy that you're part of our church. Such a blessing. Serves in our kids' ministry team. Love it. And then we have Wynn Van Pelt here. Everybody say hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. 
and Wynn's actually, he's been a pastor in this area for many years, joined our church many years ago, currently works in real estate, and also is one of the most adventurous people I know. How many times have you climbed Mount Rainier? 15. <laughs> really? <laughs> 15 times he's climbed Mount, Mount Rainier, and I feel insecure. So, so excited. I would love to go. Yes. In, yes, I would. And we have Shannon here. Everyone say hi, Shannon. And uh, Shannon has harnessed the power of the sun in the form of fire to infuse the earth with that energy and create beautiful glass art harnessing heat and sand to make this art, which is amazing. You're like earthbender, firebender, glass. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And so, so excited to hear in your perspective and bringing the glass arts into our... No, impossible. She says I made her sound way cooler than she really is. How many of you guys know that's a lie from the pit of hell? All right. <laughs> All right, and we have Chris here. And everybody say hi, Chris. So, so Chris, very talented man, travels all over, and he is the founder of the Cisco Systems podcast. So if you've ever heard of Cisco, not the rapper, stop singing thong song in your brain. It's not what we're talking about. That's a different, that's a different podcast, yes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. There, it's like internet networking, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they actually have him host the, the founding podcast, which is so cool. And he has Facebook and YouTube videos that are really cool leadership and just great principles that we can all glean from. So excited to hear from you. And we have Phil Silva. Everyone say hi, Phil. Hi, Phil. And <laughs> Phil just made a bunch of us churrascaria, which is Brazilian meat, which is just a masterpiece. But he is an actor. He has been in ministry for many, many years, speaks both English and Portuguese. You've preached as a translator a lot of messages in English and Portuguese, right? Which is so cool. Has been serving at Kalos for, how long have you been here now? No way. Are you serious? My goodness. Just had another baby, and so we love you, Phil. So thankful for you. God bless your ministry. And he came up with some phrases for his five minutes that I will steal. <laughs> They're very good, very sexual, but grounded in the scripture if you have faith to believe it. <laughs> Stay in love. This is a series on romance. All right, enough. Enough. Get your heads out of the gutter, people. This is a church. All right. Are you ready for your five and five speakers? All right, Ursula, here we go. In three, say it with me. Two, one. Woohoo! Uh, okay, so my name is Ursula, and I have been married to my husband, Paul Rosine, for 22 years and counting. Um, we have three children a teenager that's uh, 15, and definitely putting us through the ringer. <laughs> it's hard. Um, and then a 12-year-old boy, Brennan, and a daughter named Brisa. She's 10. So Pastor Maritha asked me, um, how has marriage changed my view on love? And um, first, you know, when she asked me that question, I think about um, our three kids, and then I think about um, romantic love and just 
how much I do love my husband after a couple of decades. <laughs> um, when we both met and dated and then we got married, we were not Christians. I came to know Jesus when uh, one of my co-workers literally dragged me to Bible Study Fellowship. And um, I started learning and reading the Bible, and I um, was saved. And that was a year after we were married. And a year after that, Paul um, became a Christian, too. So as a newlywed and a new believer, I learned that God is the author of love. He created the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and he not only coupled them, but he married them. Um, in Genesis, it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, Genesis 2, 24. Second, I um, learned that my husband is a gift. Um, now that we were believers, we started going to church, and at one sermon, uh, the pastor said that our spouse um, it's our second best gift from God, um, salvation being the first gift, the best first gift. And that um, just changed, you know, my view on who my husband was. He was not only someone that um, I had things in common, I was attracted to, and um, he is a gift from God and he gave me the purpose to nurture our relationship and, um, you know, know that God had a plan for us. Um, so how did I find this gift? Well, this gift found me. Um, back in college, my roommate invited me to a Halloween party, and um, there I met Paul. Uh, we hit it off right away. Uh, we both were pursuing graphic design um, careers, and then my roommate was ready to leave. She was driving, so I just got in her car and left, thinking that I would not see Paul Again, I mean, this is, you know, early 90s. There's no Facebook or, I don't know, nothing. I mean, if you really don't make a connection, that's it. You're like, you're done. <laughs> so um, two weeks later, my roommate uh, gave me a small piece of paper with um, uh, Paul's name scribbled on it and his phone number. And I thought, wait, how do you have this? And it turns out that at the party, Paul overheard that my roommate um, worked at the music and video department in Fred Meyer on the east side, but he just didn't know which one, uh, which Fred Meyer. So um, he started some detective work and went to the Fred Meyer in Renton and then the one in Bellevue. And then he went to the one in Totem Lake and he found my roommate and Paul being the gentleman that he is gave um, his phone number to my roommate, so then I, you know, would have the choice if I wanted to call him or not. I lost the paper, and then I found it, <laughs> by God's grace, and then I called him, and, you know, the rest of his history. So, <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I'm just beyond amazed that God not only gave me this gift, but he also, um, as new believers, he taught us in the Bible that um, we should love and respect each other. And that gave us a frame for our marriage, like to put each other first. If we do that, like if we both do that, then um, that would make such a difference, especially when we um, had kids. I went into marriage thinking, okay, we're married, it's gonna be great, but we have our dog and 
I really don't want to have kids. And he was like, well, okay. Well, that changed. God had different plans, and we have three. <laughs> and it's hard. I mean, it's still hard, but um, we you are get com committed to each other. And anyway, so knowing that God gave me this gift, I choose to nurture it and stay in love with my husband. That's it. just so thankful to be a part of this church and this this community here has made such a difference in the life of my wife who's over here and myself and uh, the topic that we've been given to talk on is longevity and staying in love so uh, my wife Terry if you'd raise your hand there she is <laughs> my lovely wife uh, this uh, September will be married 40 years, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. so I'm a really lucky guy, and my wife reminds me I, I'm a really lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. So I came up with three things as, as far as longevity and staying in love, and it spells ACT, A-C-T, appreciation, commitment, and trust. Appreciation, commitment, and trust. So everybody has a little bit of a different love language as far as appreciation. So for my wife, it's acts of service. So she loves it if I mow the lawn change the grandkids' diapers, <laughs> wash the car, um, put little sticky notes on the refrigerator and the oven. Those things is, makes her feel appreciated. And all of us have been in relationships where we felt appreciated or and then ones where we haven't been appreciated. And it's a huge difference, isn't it? A huge difference there. So the greatest appreciator of us is God. And I know you know this verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What a huge sacrifice to demonstrate how much he appreciates us by giving his son Jesus Christ so we can have a relationship with God and have the most amazing, abundant life there. So, appreciation. The second one is commitment. And uh, what does a relationship look like when you know the other person is fully committed to you? And then think about what does a relationship look like when there's no commitment at all? <laughs> Quite a difference, isn't it? Yeah. So it's easy to be committed when you're going over smooth waters. But if you're out in the water and the storms and the waves are breaking over the bow of the boat and you don't know if you're going to survive in another minute, that commitment to see it through is quite different, isn't it? Yeah. And I can think of, you know, commitment with, uh, our family and just think about we had three kids under three we had twins and an older daughter and all in diapers and so our relationship was diaper changing crying feeding diaper changing crying feeding that was our life <laughs> and I have to be honest when we had our first child I would kind of fake sleeping through the night so I didn't have to wake up to change diapers <laughs> There was no way I was going to get away with it with twins. <laughs> I was totally, totally involved in that. So commitment to those, those challenging times that we have in life. Yeah. And uh, God's so committed to us. He says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but he's with us to the very end of the age. And no matter how much we screw up or mess up, he's always there for us, always to pick us up. 
and it sets a great example for us and our loved one. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The third one is trust. What does trust look like? What does a relationship look like when there is no trust? Oh, is there a relationship there? <laughs> so trust is such a key thing. And I can think of, uh, I'm kind of a climber, as you mentioned, and we have a term called the brotherhood of the rope. Is anybody familiar with that term, the brotherhood of the rope? Well, what it means is that when you're rock climbing vertically and you're lead climbing, you have a rope attached to you and the person behind you is called the belayer. And if you fall, he's supposed to catch you with the rope to break your fall. So if he doesn't catch you, you could die. So you're literally putting your hands, your life in the hands of your climbing partner there. And the same in life, when there's trust, you're putting your hands in the life of the one that you love and vice versa there. Um, it's really, really, really important there. So what does trust look like in your relationship? So God demonstrates to us again amazing trust. He says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can always depend on him. He never changes. He's always the same. And so I have to ask myself, you know, am I my word? And can I be, you know, consistent and trusted there? Uh, is that the clock ticking? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the third one is trust, so act. Appreciation, commitment, and trust. All right, thank you. Hello, I'm Shannon. Not very good at public speaking, so I'm sorry. Um, I've been coming here for about a year and a half, and I'm up here as a single woman, they told me come up here and talk about, as a single person, preparing myself for a successful and healthy relationship in the future, that one that I'll be able to stay in love with. So I have two scriptures that I wanted to talk about. I have on this, the slides. The first one is John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Um, the reason I like this verse is because when I moved here, I had just gotten out of a physically abusive relationship that left me isolated from any sort of healthy community. Um, I knew moving here, it'd be really important to find a community since I had moved here out here by myself. So it'd be important to find people that will learn, that will teach me how to love them and how to be loved again. Um, the second verse I have up there is Proverbs 27, 17. And it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens another. And so that's why community is so important to me is because it, it helped me when I found Kalos um, teach me what it truly means to love someone or sharpen other people, growing and recovering and learning again how to interact with people in a healthy way. So um, the people here that I've gotten to know really well are like my family now. And from being here, I've learned... Um, how to love others and be there for them, knowing them deeply and being known deeply by them. Um, practicing this love is something else I learned from interaction with people here is um, continually being involved in people's lives and them being involved in mine and knowing the struggles you go through and not surface level. Um, being involved in this community has also taught me how to 
set standards and how to respect other people's standards. Um, something that I learned is really important about standards is from that previous relationship I was in. Um, whenever you are isolated, it creates anger, resentment, and loneliness. So having a community where you have standards teaches you to work through these feelings in a healthy way so that you can move forward in a healthy way. Um, community is also important because it teaches you the value of friendship before you engage in a romantic relationship because a romantic relationship isn't the first one that you'll have problems in. So learning through friendships how to deal with these problems is a healthier way than trying to do it all by yourself in a relationship. Yeah. So having said all this, I just wanted to go over some of my main points. Um, trusting God over trusting God's promises over your perceptions and knowing that he's interested in maturing you and growing you. And sometimes that takes time through the counsel of other people. Um, one of the verses that I really like also is Proverbs 27, six that says wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. So, so let the truth hurt because it's better than sweet nothings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're, no, when you're not known by others, how can you know your own heart? So it's good to have people that really know you so that they can tell you like, when you don't notice something about you or someone else that you're trying to be involved with. And finally, the last thing I wanted to say is that um, scary things go away when we learn to understand them. So stop being scared of being single. Because there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> All the single people out there, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is since when you're in a community, you really want to ask yourself how well you're really known by that community. Oh, I don't even have a minute. Okay. Um, so the next slide I have, um, your relationship with others is a direct, refle direct reflection of the depth of your relationship with God. So having healthy standards and being known by people helps you learn to know God and him know you. And the next part of that that kind of goes with it is um, your outlook on life is a direct reflection on how much you love yourself. So having standards really helps you know what it means to love others because you're teaching people how to love you. Um, so a standard is like something, an example is someone with good character that's in a community that you know and that know him that can vouch for their character through their relationship with him. And the same thing for you. People know you better than you know you. So in closing, I want to say that singleness is not a curse or a bad thing. And God will never take what was made for you away from you. Thanks, Shannon. Hey, everyone. My name is Chris Richardson. I have been married for going on 10 years to this beautiful woman right here in the front row. The curls you see in the front are my son Tristan and my daughter Layla, and guys, we almost didn't make it. We were almost not together. Um, back when we met in South Carolina, we made some assumptions about each other, and uh, frankly, um, didn't like her very much. I thought she was very good looking, but I thought that she was a bit stuck up, and she's, she's Eastern European, so she's got this cool accent, and in the South, that is golden. And so I didn't feel like I wanted to get in line with all the suitors, um, and so... I was an athlete, and so she thought I didn't have a brain cell in my body. So we had these assumptions about each other. And it uh, turns out we both like books. We're both very deep and passionate people. 
and we got together, and it's been beautiful ever since. Um, so I'm here to talk to you about how to navigate conflict. And uh, our relationship is fiery. You have a proud black man and myself and this spicy Eastern European woman. And so that is sparks, guys. And it really sparks. Um, and so our arguments, um, we would bring nukes. You know, when you argue, it's like a proverbial boxing match. But, man, we would drop some nukes. And sometimes it's hard to come back from those things. And we had to learn how to argue, learn how to disagree. And it was very powerful. And it was a tough lesson that we had to learn. Keep in mind, when you argue with your spouse or your mate, you go over that line, sometimes it's hard to get back. Um, so go to this first scripture that I have here. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Don't go to bed angry. We hear it all the time, but resolve your conflicts. It's not a big deal. We had to learn that. We had to learn that the arguments really didn't matter. And what I had to learn myself is that I'm not an attorney. So if you go to the next slide. <laughs> How many of you heard that sound in your head? Um, I'm an analytical guy. I'm a science and math guy, and I just things have to make sense. And sometimes that can make me appear quite cold because I'm logical. I remember it as early as three, what you said, how you said it, when you said it. And I felt that I'm good at arguing, um, but I'm not. I didn't win. Uh, and she's passionate. And so we would get into these arguments, and I, I treated it like a courtroom. I don't know if anyone else in here does that, but I'm like, no, 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 you said this, and then I did this, and then you did that, and that is why you are wrong. And it does not work. It simply does not work. Um, marriage is all about perspective and listening. You know, one key thing I like to remember when you say listen and you say silent, it uses the same letters. Think about that. Visualize that. Yeah. <laughs> and so empathy is a big part of why our relationship has remained successful. So if you go to the next slide, I have a quote that I like to use. Empathy is seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart of another. And this is important. I mean, this is a lesson that we had to learn. Um, Pastor Pradeepan talked a few weeks ago about the worship team. They did a great job. And they, I think they sang a song called Royal Blood and they had a key change. It was the first key change. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so that was cool. Um, but your relationship is like that. How are you going to handle the key changes? Is it the kids? Is it a new job? Is it going through depression? Being in a relationship is like remaining in harmony with each other. And it's difficult. The first time you guys sang that song and you rehearsed it, it probably didn't go so well, right? You had to work on it. You had to practice it. You had to become fluid. Your relationship is just like that. We've had so many different key changes in our relationship, and I'm proud to say that it's made us stronger. We had our beginnings in South Carolina when we met. We both lived all over the world, but it was tough, and we had to rely on each other. Being in an interracial marriage can be a bit difficult depending on where you're at, and we had to lean on each other. Sometimes, you know, we consider ourselves very extroverted, but we're introverted as well. So coming to Kalos and getting to know you guys has been a huge journey for us. Sometimes people make assumptions about you and they look at you and they see you based on how you dress, how you present yourself. And there's layers to each and every one of us. But there's layers to your partner. Look at them, understand them, appreciate them for the perspective that they had. I feel like the journey we've had in marriage, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It started out and it was very much physical. You know, it was just about being attracted and, you know, having fun. And then you don't stay together. That doesn't last too long without really, really getting to know someone. And I really value the woman that she is, the woman that she's become. We've had two beautiful children together. And I think that empathy and keeping that in mind for all your relationships, it's not just about marriage. The people that you work with, the people that you go to bat with, the people that you see, the people in this church, it's very important. So always remember to listen. Be silent, show empathy, and keep that in mind. Because when the conflicts come, if you have that foundation and it's strong, you'll do just fine.
Hi. My name's Phil. So uh, I have a little bit of a weird relationship with scripture. Um, I asked God early on to make it fun because I would always fall asleep. So one thing that, that happened is my, my imagination kind of ran wild. And this scripture that we have here is actually one of those that kind of like, you know how God says something and then in the same scripture he'll come back and say it again. And to me it always like, did he forget the first time when he said it? So he like had to come back. So I always pictured in King James, the guy saying it, you know, he would get up there and he would say, a new commandment I give unto thee, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also uh, love one another. So that's that's how my mind works. Um, but in, in actuality, it's you know when God has there's a repetition. There's there's something important that you need to pay attention to. It's something that happens twice. To love someone more than we love ourselves um, is really important. So very early in our marriage, actually, so back to the word, the beginning, keeping marriage fun. That's my title. <laughs> That was fun to do. Um, very early in our marriage, uh, my wife and I decided that we would uh, stay young. No matter how many kids we had, no matter how old they got, we would age with grace, but we would stay young forever. Um, and there's a, a couple of points. It's not a formula, but some really important points to keep your marriage fun. I call them four really important points to keep marriage fun. Um, I, first one would be make an effort frequently. Uh, be spontaneous, but plan things ahead. What I, what I mean when I say that is be spontaneous to her or to him, but in the background, plan that stuff ahead. We're playing chess, not checkers, guys. Stay with me. All right, so you got to, you know, put, put in a date. It doesn't have to be special dates. Actually, it'd be better if it's not special dates because when the special dates come around, you don't have to bust all your, your, your entire bank to be able to make a special occasion because you haven't done it frequently. So it's more important to deposit little bits, invest little bits, than just put a whole lump sum when there's a special occasion that comes in. You know, just something to think about. Keep dating, obviously. Um, it doesn't need to be something expensive. Uh, be creative. Pinterest is a great well of ideas. I use that a lot. I'm giving you guys secrets, people. Write this down. <laughs> you better write this down. This is not easy. My wife just like realized, like, oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Yes, I am not that awesome. Um, the third one uh, is stay thirsty, my friends. Now, for those of you who know what the word thirst is, it's a slang used nowadays, stay thirsty. That means, uh, in my context, leaving a note for your spouse where they can find it. Hide. Hide it. You know, send little racy texts, you know? Something cool. Something hopefully sexy as well. Make sure you send it to the right person because the oops, wrong person thing is, is a huge probability nowadays. Um, and this is my personal favorite, the sneaky booty grab. You don't actually have to grab. It's, it's one of those little moments where you just whoop, and then you look back. And she's the only person. Make sure no other people see it or else it's not sneaky. So you guys get it. All right. And the last one is the most important one. How could I not touch on this? Make love a verb. Talking about the icing on the cake, people. Extra hot yoga. Netflix and chill. Prime and party. Hulu and it is ne necessary to keep an open communication about these things, about what works for you, about what doesn't work for you in the Holy of Holies, AKA the bedroom. You are in this for the long run. When nobody gets into this hoping they can quit, 
We get in this the long run. So this whole lie of, oh, I'm supposed to know what to do. That's a lie. You don't, you don't actually, you don't know what to do and you won't unless you have this open line of communication and trust. When said it best, you gotta have trust. You cannot, that, that's, a very, that's a very gray area to, to meander if you don't have the trust and if you don't have that safe place with each other in the communication. Um, so, if you don't have any idea about turn-ons and turn-offs of your spouse, you make that an ASAP conversation, like ASAP on first date night that you guys have next, make that a conversation. Um, it's awesome. So in closing, I would like to challenge all of you to take initiative. There is nothing, absolutely, I'm gonna use it, there's nothing sexier than watching your spouse uh, uh, take the initiative to making the, the relationship fun, to taking steps and seeing them invest in something that's important to you and important to both of you in the end. So that being said, I would like to finish with some, I'd like to thank the Academy and my, uh, my agent. It's not about keeping score, it's about having fun. Come on, let's give it up for our five and five speakers one more time. That's amazing. You guys killed it. So good, so good.